Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Jack of All Games podcast. I'm Justin, and joining me today... Hi, I'm Freddie. We usually call him the Bean. Now, this is just going to be an introductory podcast, telling us, who, telling you who we are, what we do for a living, what we're interested in, our major projects, and why, kind of why we're starting this podcast in the first place. So, without further ado, take it away there, Bean. Hi, my name is Freddie. As you've heard, I'm called the Bean. Um, that's in relation to my gamer tag. Most people have a problem pronouncing my gamer tag, so I just tell them, call me the Bean. Um, I'm a warehouse professional at a lovely distribution place here in wonderful United States. Um, my big interests are, I'm a big Warhammer 40k fan. I have yet to play a game, but it's not for lack of trying. We're working on that. I know, we've we've covered this. Um... I'm also a very big Magic the Gathering fan in all ways, shapes, and forms. Same with Warhammer 40k. I love the books. I, I've read quite a lot of them. Now, how, do you, how did you get into 40k? Actually, that was from... Uh, I read a couple books, and that, I think maybe that's part of the reason why the Blood Angels are my favorite chapter. Um, I read a couple of their books. I got to read both the the... the Novellas in con- the the prequel and conclusion. I'm not quite sure what the hell to call it, but yeah, I got to read the two companion books back to back. So it was kind of that was my taste of like, wait, there's vampires in space and like werewolves and but not werewolves and just ripping people's faces off and there's <laughs> angels and demons and but they're not angels and demons and they. It's a space peanut. Yeah! (laughs) There's a lot of it there, man, and you don't know why it's all there. It's like space werewolves. Awesome. You you take all of, like, real-world mythos and just toss it in space, and there you go. Yeah! No, for real. Like, you have the space vikings, um, which... And then you have, like, the, uh, the, the space mongols. You have... The the space great the space Greeks the space Romans you have the space Romanians the space Slovenian like they're crazy but they're not yeah they're just massive massive armies. Um, I'm also big like I said D and D fan Magic the Gathering fan I'm really big into Gundam. I really got into the Gundam collecting recently so. To justify my collection for Gundam, I told my girlfriend I was going to start working on a stop-motion video series using said Gundam in a mecha beatdown, I guess you could say. Yes, we have girlfriends. It is possible. It is possible. (laughs) And, you know, as long as I'm saying it's for, you know, making videos for YouTube, she's okay with me buying more. Somehow, that that every statement that we just dropped should signify that we do not have girlfriends, but it somehow managed. It somehow happened. I have two kids. Quit bragging. Anyways. Oh, you love them. That, all right, whatever. You're so. But yes, as I said, I am working on a yet to be named uh, Gundam Mecha beatdown. 
stop motion video series, generally about five to ten minutes, get depending, you know, giving a breakdown on the Gundams, what they're powered by, who their pilots are, weapons breakdown, and overall grade. Right, and then see how they go up against another one. It was a chance to see a lot of Gundam that you would never get to see because they don't exist in the same universe. Actually, their pilots and everything go up against one another to test their skills. I, I know you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes when I say test their skills. It's like uh, Mortal Kombat with Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah, I mean... I, Actually, that'd be really badass to play as a game. I'm sure it exists. Well, they have Gundam... Um, Samurai, uh, not Samurai, uh, Dynasty Warriors, which I'm a big Dynasty Warriors fan as well, but this uh, isn't what we're discussing. There was that one, um, there was that one, like, arcade cabinet that let you pilot a Gundam in almost a Mortal Kombat-style fashion. Yeah, um, they also used to have, uh, I mean, this was back when I was a kid, Chuck E. Cheese used to have that cat, that, uh, mech suit that you could pilot and it was like you actually got in the seat and it had this gimbal and everything where you walk like as it walked you it, the whole thing rocked like you were actually in a mech you controlled the different sides of the body with the two different joysticks had the full layout for all the toggles and switches and shit like it was dude i would feel like such a badass in Chuck E. cheese and that's really hard to do dude it <laughs> listen when you're a 13 year old 14 year old teenager where you're you know Chuck E. Cheese is for little kids. This is lame. Like, it almost made it worth it when you had to go with your little siblings because they had a birthday party there. I spent a lot of my time in the sky tubes. You know, I did too, mainly because no one wanted to go up there. Well, yeah, because, like, most of the time the sky tubes smelled like straight little kid piss. Yeah. And I don't know what that says about you, that you'd rather deal with the smell of little kid piss than have to deal with people, but... Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need that from you. No, dude, I was in the same situation. I feel you. So, but yeah, so that's me. I'm Freddy. Once again, The Bean. Nice to meet y'all. And I'm Justin. Um, I don't have a nickname. I really haven't had a nickname, like, at all. This is my butter, dude. Yeah, my butter, dude. It's usually what I get. It's usually dude. what I got. Um... So, I, like him, am a warehouse professional, though mine is more factory and I work more on the logistics side of things. Uh, that's running the forklift around, running product, shipping it out and all that. I hate it. I do. But it pays the bills. My major interests, we, we, uh, we align on a lot of different things like Magic the Gathering, 40k, Dungeons and Dragons, but... I tend to I tend to float more towards the uh, the software side of things. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm playing through Shin Megami Tensei, and that's become my favorite series really quick. Um, that's an episode for another time because there's a lot of games to cover. That's like a two-hour podcast, just being brief. So, it, real quick on that, seeing as you gave me my little tidbit on Warhammer 40k. How'd you get into Megami Tensei? Okay, so it was probably my sophomore year in high school. I had picked up Persona 3. Okay. And I had played through that until I somehow lost my, my PlayStation my PlayStation Portable, my PSP. 
It was the white Darth Vader edition, I do remember. I think I traded it for an original Xbox, I think. I want to say. That's a fair trade. Yeah, but I kept my copy of Persona 3 for, like, years, expecting to get another PSP, and it just didn't happen. So I ended up trading that off to GameStop. Well, one of these days, or one of these times, one of these days just sitting around on the computer, I was like, what was that game? Oh, Persona. So I Google it. It was like, I was out of high school when I Google this. So I Google it and see, okay, so what's Shin Megami Tensei? That's the tagline for Persona 3. What's, what's, what all is in Shin Megami Tensei? I pull it up on Google and I see a metric fuck ton of games. And I go, oh, I have a backlog. So I bought Shin Megami Tensei 4 and Devil Survivor Overclocked. I played around with those for a little while, and then, for some unknown reason, I probably sold my systems. There was that period of time where I was just buying and selling systems. Yeah, I remember that time frame. It was a dark time for us all. Could never get them online for more than a few days. Right, because then all of a sudden I'd have to go sell my sell my system. But I sold my systems, probably the games with it, and then fast forward to, oh, we'll say quarantine. Thereabouts. I end up, we end up on that hiatus of work for like a month. So I bought Final Fantasy VII Remake and Persona 5 Royal. Okay. And then said, screw it, I'm also going to buy a 2DS and all of these games. (laughs) So I ended up with 4 Apocalypse, 4, Devil Survivor 1 and 2, Devil Summoner, <laughs> so, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne Remake. So we didn't even go from 0 to 100 real quick. We were from 0 to 60 real quick. We were going from 0 to 100 real fucking quick. So, and then I ended up, like, emulating all the games that I couldn't play, you know, in natural progression on regular consoles. I love my laptop. Yeah, laptop is a wonderful thing. So, uh, drink real quick. It was real spotty up until like the last two years. And I've been cycling these games. Don't get burnt out on any of them? Well, yeah, because there's so much, there's there's so many different games within the genre itself. You can sit there and play like a, a, a an AR, an action RPG and go play um... Raido Kuzanoa versus the Solus Army and Raido Kuzanoa versus King Abaddon. Or you can play your turn-based and play uh, really most of them. So, I noticed something. Or a tactical RPG and play the Devil Summoner series. Or a first-person, a first-person dungeon crawl. So, we, I, noticed this, I noticed a trend. What? Both of our, like, most recent hobbies both have angels and demons. George just went anime side, and I went sci-fi. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's a good correlation. I never thought I would be correlating those two uh, those two games in the series. Well, considering that's what we're trying to do, well, at least that's what I'm trying to do with this. I, I mean, it, it seems like a fun game. Yeah, as an aside, this, this podcast will end up very tangential. I mean, we have brief bullet points... And to outline things, but if we branch off of topic, hey, more power to us. I'm happy with that. 
I, I'm hoping that if someone hears something about this, I like uh, we we hope I I, I hope that we spark a, a an interest in something that we say someone. Maybe you've wanted to do gun, Gundam uh, models before. I never thought it was you know easy or whatever. And once again, we'll cover some episodes later on. But it's just right now it's. Maybe you thought about getting a 40k but didn't know enough about it. Maybe you didn't want to do the models. Maybe you didn't know the story. Who knows? Right. Or same with Justin and Tense. You know, maybe you've heard the series and never thought, hey, I don't know shit about this. I'm, I don't want to play it. Or maybe you wanted to develop a game and didn't know where to start. Like, you've got no programming experience, so you that's out the window and you don't want to build a team. I understand that. But... For, uh, uh, for my major project right now, as a matter of fact, I am developing a game. Right. This one I actually have a playable demo for, and I have been known to give up on projects for this, that, or the third reason. Which is part of the reason I'm here. I'm kind of... If he's here on the project, I have to start up and go with him. I can't let him do the podcast on his own unless something absolutely straight detrimental happens. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of hard for me to do the podcast alone since I don't have the equipment. Right. I have the equipment and he wants to do it. Therefore, we do a podcast. Well, I mean, it's not just me wanting to do the podcast, but... I mean, this was your idea. The the way it came out, it sounded a little bit... Sorry, guys. Once again, very tangential. Tangential. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Leave me and my tangentials alone, damn it. (laughs) Tangible. <laughs> me and my tangible tangentials alone. But I mean, I see a. Uh, I anytime I start seeing progress, though, it ends up spurring me forward to do more. But if I end up in a slump where I'm not making a progress on anything, I'll just I'll just shuffle the project off to the side for like years. And and this also gives us a good reason to hang out, you know spend some time with each other. We don't see each other very often. I work nights, he works days. The only thing that we have that coincides are weekends. So it's like we uh and we have like and we have family attendance to to manage too. Like they have a date night, we have a date night. We don't know when to plan everything out, but it, a bi-weekly podcast is a guarantee. Like this block of this time of this weekend is ours we get to hang out get to bullshit and you guys get to hear it so and we'll sit and play some magic the gathering beforehand and get the you know nerd juices flowing so i mean we started that's why we started this podcast is really more for us to hang out and talk about the things that we don't really get to talk about to anyone else because once again very small friend group not a whole lot of people who have our same interests Right, like you'll have like one person who has one interest and another person who has another interest, but it never actually sits and coalesces. Yeah, and it's hard getting multiple people, especially with the pandemic going on and everyone still going, oh, people everywhere. Well, I mean, at that point, we've we've pretty much like, we've developed a hermit personality. It's like as much as we would want to go outside, we don't at the same time. Yeah. Which for people like you and I is already an issue. And now we have an actual, like, valid excuse to not go hang out with people. Oh, you damn, you damn sure I'm taking full advantage of that. Right, exactly. It's the same with me. I, 
once again, we might be sitting in the same living room right now, but that's because we're, like, forcing ourselves, really? Not, okay, not forcing ourselves as in, like, I don't want to see you. It's more forcing ourselves as in, like... We need to go outside. We haven't seen sunlight in months. We need to have some sort of social interaction with someone. Right. And it, it, it needs to stem just beyond a phone call. Yeah, and... I mean, I hate to say it, I love your kids, man, but two-year-olds aren't much for conversation. No, no. Uh, my point exactly. That's why Angel and I have been uh, out and about lately, picking picking you up in particular. But. <laughs> Once again, as crazy as it sounds, I know we both sound like total nerd neckbeards. Yes, we do have girlfriends. Yeah. Actually, Angel will show up in a couple few episodes. I have her slated for an October episode. You know... If we ever do a horror video movie episode, I'd like to get Maggie in here because she... Well, we'll do that the 30th. She watches, oh dear lord. Uh, and she's she watches every sort of horror film. And I'm talking... Dude, there are some horror films that I'm not like... Well then, in that case, we need to get both of our significant that, others on the podcast at the same time. That's what I'm saying. It's because the one is like a horror movie buff. Straight up slasher flicks. And the other is the same. Oh, yeah. It's like, they'll have a better grasp on body horror than what we do in our limited scope. Yeah. But, my major hope for this podcast is that somebody ends up developing an interest, like he said earlier, ends up developing, and you get something from this podcast, be it a new hobby or some sort of, like, life lesson here or what have you. Hell, I'd be happy with you just walking away with a random bit of knowledge that you didn't know beforehand. Right, right. Hey, did you know that is... Uh, God, shit. What is a random bit of knowledge at the moment? <laughs> did you know that your lips and your asshole are made of the same skin and type? Type of skin? Does that mean you could taste food with your asshole? No, that's all... Taste is all in the tongue and nostrils. Uh, it's the same texture and type of skin as your butthole. So, like, when you lick your lips, you can imagine giving a rim job in the same... I'm glad I marked this as explicit. Oh yeah, my I am too, because that just took a very sideways turn right there, my man. So, um, that was also a fact that I completely made up off the top of my head. No, I look, that's one of those things that I have read multiple times from multiple places, so I don't... I, it's one of those, take with a grain of salt, follow your own mind. Well, there's also... Okay, there's also... Um, would explain why when you eat spicy food it burns your lips the same way it burns your asshole. Damn. But no, that's that's one of those like collective facts that the world believes that might not actually be true. You know. Oh, like the whole Malcolm it, X died at this time. Oh no, I was gonna say it's kind of like Malcolm the, X. Um, like the whole George Washington fucking chopped down a cherry tree. Yeah, or Nelson Mandela died at this time, but really died at this time. That, okay, the Mandela effect is a whole nother fucking thing altogether, and that is... That's not even our scope right now. No, but that... Well, we also are very big, I guess, conspiracy nerds? If you want to call them conspiracy? Yeah, I mean, we plugged in all that research from a video that uh, Barely Sociable put out, and it really led to nowhere, but it was really kind of interesting to see. This site has this weird random hyperlink to this site, has this weird random hyperlink to this site. Why is there a chess piece 
or you have to click this link to get to this link to get to this link to get this to this link but you can only find this link if you click on click on this picture and this picture is hidden behind it yeah it, it's a whole lot yeah of it's like a it, it, it's a wild goose chase for the for anybody who is trying to figure out the origin of the site when really the site itself was just there to host like torrented movies yeah so not some we're proud of but we do that too Right, we sit down and we investigate things. Hell, I mean, we might throw an investigation episode in on occasion, too. Just for sure, Google, this is just a general podcast of whatever catches our fancy. Like, we do have our major topics that we will talk about. We do have some, you know, scheduling to this. But for the most part, it's just a... uh, We sit down and whatever comes to mind, we sit and talk about. Yeah. You're basically capturing our our bullshit sessions. Right, which <laughs> it can get extensive. So, buckle in, sit down. Right. Wait, I think I said that in reverse. Sit down, buckle in, all that, yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think of that? Uh, so, so, we'll start with a little bit of Magic the Gathering. Okay. What We just played a game, not, what, 20 minutes before starting this podcast? About an hour? Yeah. Uh, we ended the. We actually ended the game at about 10 o'clock. And then for about an hour and a half, we tried to get this podcast together. We sat and we went through like two intros before realizing, hey, look, we kind of we kind of do have to structure this. A little bit. It doesn't work out too well. I mean, we thought we could free flow it. We can to an extent, but... As long as our, as long as our, like, as long as our cast notes that we bring in are like bullet points... We can free flow it, but we have to have, like, topics to go through. Right. Uh, it's like in between scripting and not scripting. God. Yeah. Okay, so... I had ran a YouTube channel before. Before we get into the whole Magic the Gathering. I had... The last channel that I ran... I mean, I'm still kind of poking around at it, but I don't... I don't know if I'm going to continue with YouTube because it's a bit much. Like, the last cha- the last channel I ran, I had to script everything. Oh, dear lord. I mean everything. Okay. Granted, when you were doing your scripted videos, you, were, you, you did them well. There's, they were very concise. You were very structured. You got a everything that needed to get across and you said it very well it was just very robotic right well that okay that was a different channel entirely that was my JT game channel didn't you try doing that a little bit with the, uh, the well most recent it came off robotic more robotic on the last on that channel because I was I would read the whole script right start to finish and then cut out any dead air or flub lines gotcha but these ones came out a little better because uh, these ones on the Nizumu game cha- games channel came out a whole lot better just simply because I would read it line by line and then if I flubbed a line I would delete said line and then uh, out of the out of audacity and then rerun it so if there wasn't enough feeling in a line i would delete line re-record with more feeling or less feeling if it came off a little bit too 
Gotcha, a little too punchy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, a little too punchy. So. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. We're also both vapors. But, um, so we, we started playing Magic the Gathering. Or we started, a, we had a little game of Magic the Gathering before starting this podcast. The decks that we ran... One of them was the uh, was a Dungeons and Dragons themed deck. Actually, the whole, there's a whole set just on Dungeons and Dragons themes. It, it's a new okay. So here's where me, I'm a very big Magic person. So Magic: The Gathering has recently started doing a crossover event with multiple Wizards of or with multiple different brands. They've started doing it with. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, they're about to start doing it with Warhammer 40k and Lord of the Rings. They're introducing Commander decks, which is a series of games that we just played. Uh, command, okay, Commander is the official ruling for a homebrew type of game called Elder Dragon Highland or EDH. It's a hundred cards singleton, so a hundred cards, no doubles, no play sets. It's a hundred different cards Only with with mana mixed in, of course. So the deck itself totals to a hundred, but you have like 30, 30 mana? 30 to 40, I think so, yeah. Yeah, 30 to 40 different, or 30 to 40 mana and like 70, 60 to 70 different single cards. Uh, you play with 40 life, and I think they also doubled the infect. No, no, in fact, uh, it's still 20 poison counters is still death. Uh, 10 poison counters is death on infect. <coughs> there you go. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, 20, uh, 10 poison counters is still infect on, uh, death on infect, but in the homebrew... Right, it used to be 20. Yeah, in the homebrew, we played with 20. So that that's, that's that whole... You can play Magic the Gathering with house rules or official tournament ruling. But we've started doing Commander Series, which is, we're doing the official Commander rulings, the official, you know, MTG. Yeah, so the the deck that I decided to pick up, the Commander deck that I decided to pick up was a red-black from the Forgotten Realms series. Okay, and personally, I'm waiting for the, War, the Warhammer 40k series to come out for the Commander Shut up, Justin. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Listen, sometimes my mouth moves faster than my brain, or my brain moves faster than my mouth. Leave me alone. What that mouth do? You ain't ever going to find out. <laughs> so, you know why these pants are from outer space? You know why these uh, these are called space pants? Because they're out of your world. <laughs> Sorry, no, they're baseball pants because they're out of your league. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but anyway... He ended up sitting down and playing with a Strixhaven deck. Yeah. I call it my Prince deck because as much as I hate to say it, looks like a very... The commander for this deck looks very much like a caricature of Prince. It's called a Prismatic Prism. Gee. I mean, even the name is something that Purple Rain himself would come up with yeah look i call it i call it my prince deck for a reason all right but his deck didn't really get a chance to open up 
No, from what I... Listen, if I could have had... If you hadn't have fucked my one mana, I shit you not, <laughs> that one fucking mana, I could have done something from the get-go. Yeah, but my deck... Oh, my deck opened up before yours. That yeah. was it. No, that was all it was. It, it was a... It, they're both very interesting decks. Now, the the one thing I have, I do have to say about uh, Commander decks is because you do have single cards, it is a singleton format, so you only have one of every card. It does force you to be, one, very flexible mm -hmm. in your thinking. And two, you're never going to get the same match twice. Oh, no, 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 not by far. And I'd like to add a third point on there. It is definitely better to play with more than just two people. Yeah. When it comes to Commander. Yeah, Commander's hard. Well, it's not hard for two people. It's just, it's long. One match can take on average about an hour to an hour and a half, while a standard Magic match can take us... If we're if we're speed if we're speeding through a magic match, it can take us up to fifteen minutes from start to finish. Right, but if we're sitting down and we can make a, a game of EDH stretch six hours. Sorry, a game of Commander stretch six hours if we're sitting there experimenting. Yeah, if we're just trying to figure out how this work works in conjunction with this one. Right, versus sixties, uh, a standard match of sixties, sixty cards, twenty mana, forty cards allowing doubles and play sets well on that's just your standard build you, you know there's <laughs> there's my, variations i know my mirrors running off 11 sorry a little bit of a brag well, most of your fucking mirrors give you give you mana anyway so you can sit there and switch i know but still and they're all tapped for single mana it's like playing a shit ton of lana war elves Listen, just the fact that I can brag a little bit about the fact... when The look on people's faces when you tell them that you're running a... Like, I'm running a deck off 11 lands. Yeah, but then anybody who knows their shit is going to ask, Okay, what kind of deck? And when you say the word mirror, they're going to... They're going to cringe a bit and twitch their upper lip in disgust. Yeah, I... Justin doesn't like my mirrors. He, he I, I listen. Getting him to play my mirrors is like that old married couple that only fucks on their birthday. I was gonna say pulling teeth, but I guess that's a better analogy. Even then, most like you, it, it's not even like on their birthday. It's on the birthday once every ten years at that point. No, 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 no. I said birthday sex, not birthday blowjob. I'm so glad I marked this as an explicit podcast. But am I lying? No. I refuse to play against that deck most times, most, mo more often than not, because I just, I get so close to winning and then he bends me over his <laughs> knee and spanks me. No, I wouldn't say spank. I, listen, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Happy. No. Okay, so. Well, oh, we're not gonna we're not gonna li we're not going to drop down to the level of like old school Scottam Sodom and, and Gomorrah. Oh, okay. Let let me explain what I'm about to say. Okay, so there's this show on Netflix called Happy. Um, 
Uh, if you've ever seen Law and Order SVU, you know the real hard cop, the 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 real assholeish cop. Mm -hmm. He plays the main character in this. He's insane. He sees his daughter's imaginary friend. Oh, I've seen the premise to this. Okay, so in one scene, there's this guy. His name is Smoothie. And you find out why his name is Smoothie. Want to take a guess? Does it involve yogurt? No. Well, kinda. Maybe. Broger? Yeah. Oh. Okay, so the, the reason this guy is called Smoothie is because he has... He's as smooth as Ken doll. A bad accident caused him, like, literally... He drops trout, and you just see flesh. And I'm not talking, like, empty, like, nutsack and penis. I'm just seeing you just... Ken doll. Oh, it got lopped off. Lopped yeah, off. straight Ken doll. Oh. And he takes this strap on, just... Uh, baby's arm holding an apple and the dude is on a fucking BDSM horse on a sawhorse raw dog no lube that has been Justin during some of those mirror matches I'm not sure about posting this <laughs> listen you put the NSFW tag on there we're safe we're good it's explicit not at a, not NSFW there's a We'll post it and see what goes down. Listen, the worst that happens is we just continue making these podcasts for ourselves. Yeah, or we just post them up on the website. See, if anyone likes them, they like them. And if not, well, listen, we still have an excuse to hang out every weekend. Right. <laughs> but nonetheless, the, Justin has told me they look like... He imagines these mirrors being meerkats popping up. Yeah. <laughs> you see one pops its head back down, you see five, pops their heads back down, you see 20, pops their heads back down, all of a sudden you see a hundred of them and you go, what the fuck? Next thing you realize that hill they're popping their heads out of isn't a fucking hill. It's just more fucking mirrors. Yeah, more meerkats. Just a ball of them. Mirror battle spear. Ha! Mirrors, meerkats. Yeah, clever. I, I wasn't <laughs> even just, trying for it that. It just either. hit me. That, that, that's pretty good. But I recently tried this Forgotten Realms deck. Lots of rats. Not a very nice deck. No, but then again, that's... Uh, really, that's reminiscent of... Uh, what is that? Waterdeep. Yeah. Uh, Rat-infested, dark alleys, <clears throat> things of that nature. That's the Black Red. Well, being also from the Forgotten Realms, being D&D &D and everything else, that also means that once they start expanding, you're going to see Drizzt decks, you're going to see other named D&D &D characters. Right. I mean, they. I, I think my main... Uh, my, I'm going to pull my deck real quick. I think... I want to say that my commander is a, is a, a beholder. Yes, it is. I saw one of the commanders, the sub-commander, because... Yeah, I, the sub-guy is a beholder, yes. Now, okay, so here's the other rule about commander, is you are only allowed to be, uh, play cards based off of your commander color. So, if your commander is red, blue, and green, you can only use red, blue, and green cards. 
No, it's Prosper, Tomebound. So it's a Tiefling Warlock. Oh no no the the sub commander the other legendary war the other legendary that you can create is a, is a beholder yes. yes now that's the other thing all commanders are legendary creatures like they have to be that's it so you can swap out you can I can swap out my uh, my tiefling with my beholder and still function as a commander deck yep it's just do I really want to do that yeah commander I'm we're both well. I'm more new to the Commander series because I've never really played EDH. It was always... Now, when it comes to Commander and EDH, though, being a new player, it's probably best that you start with a friend, a single friend. So I've you had can... four-player Commander games last four to six hours. You ever tried getting down on a six-person 60? No, and I don't want to. Do you, okay, my uh, so my 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 proliferate deck mm-hmm. is a reason why. Oh, you end six person sixties real quick. Th- that's why I built that proliferation deck because I was doing six man sixties. Yeah. So, wow, that does sound kind of dirty when you say it like that. A little bit, but moving on. We've had we've had our fucking explosive jokes. Yeah. We've had like three of them. Who says we can't have more? Uh, well, ter- TOS on certain websites. We definitely can't put this back up on like Google Podcast. Oh, well. Alright, fair enough. Spotify is a different story. I'm just hoping someone listens. Right. But putting this up on Google Podcasts probably ain't gonna happen. Neither, neither Apple, that or Apple. Not, uh, yeah, especially after that smoothie comment. Now that I'm thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, we can always edit that out in post. I'm not. Okay. Well, see, see, <laughs> look, I gave you the option, so we have more view, more platforms to go on, and I got shot down. So we just gotta remember for next time. <laughs> Man. But that was such a great analogy. Why do we go back? Why do we always <laughs> come full circle to butt stuff? You know, I don't... Okay, so, as bad as it sounds, my girlfriend has this nickname for me. She calls me Freddy. I got a meme for that. Yeah. Because as bad as this sa- Listen, they're called memes. They bring me happiness. You don't have to screen that laptop back on. At this point, we're at conjecture, like full conjecture mode. Okay. Talking out of our ass. We've covered everything on that list. I, well, listen, I, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> Forced to have it. I started with the laptop on, and I want to finish with the laptop on, all right? Okay. It's my fucking OCD. Leave me alone. But let me rewind a little bit Yo. and explain this deck a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, sorry. This is why we said this is going to be a very tangential de- uh, conversation. <laughs> okay. Me, uh, compose myself. Stop touching so, my tangentials. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God damn it. Um, so, stemming back to the Forgotten Realms deck, a lot of the card effects require that you roll a d20. Yeah, that's something I've noticed with the Forgotten Realms series. So, when, and it can be on a trigger effect, too. 
if you trigger uh, the effect itself will trigger either on an attack or when it comes into play most of the time it triggers on an attack like the card i'm thinking of specifically you roll a d20 uh if you land on one through nine you exile and summon a card until the end of your next turn yep if you roll a uh no 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 no. one through nine was look at the top three cards of your library and draw a card uh 10 through uh 11 through 19 was look at the top three cards and draw or because i remember this last one was look at the top four cards of your opponent's library exile one of them shuffle the last three onto the bottom of their opponent's library and you may play that card the exiled card until i'm the pulling end of it turn. up now actually i'm pulling the deck up now because or the card up now because I def- there it is. What uh, chaos channeler? The only one I bet you I got wrong was not was ten through uh eleven ten through nineteen. You definitely got every single one wrong. First one isn't look at the top three cards of your library and draw a card. No, whenever chaos channeler attacks, roll a d twenty. One through nine, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. Ten Which through nineteen. Which one was it that did that then? That was a that was a that was a standard card. I'd have to go through the. Re- I have like, the top, uh, the top ga- uh, the whole game's cards. Right, because that was on the top of that. Yeah, uh, ten through nineteen, two cards. Exile two cards of your, the top two cards, of your uh, library. You may play them this turn. Exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn for a uh, nat twenty. It just went one, two, and three. What did that then? It might have been my. Um... But this is what I'm saying. There's this is what he was saying. There's a lot of trigger effects based on rolling a d20, much like there are trigger effects based on rolling a d20 in D and D. That was my warlock class. Okay, so see, I did get the right right cards. Wrong fucking card. Yeah, right effect, wrong card. Right. Uh, warlock class. At the beginning of your end step, if a, tr- a creature died this turn, each opponent loses one life. Right. Level it up to level two. When this class becomes level two, look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. There you go. Ta- and that's a tap two to level up to level two. Leveling up to level three, you tap seven. seven. At the beginning of your end step, each opponent loses life equal to the life they lost this turn. Okay. Which I could have royally fucked you into the negative at the end of that last game had I had the mana. Now, that's one, That's another big thing with EDH is you get mana fucked. Yeah, because once again, the ratio of the ratio of mana to regular card. Yeah. Ends up. It's well. It's way more than sixty. You end up with a whole lot more. Uh, What's that? Uh, permutations? Yeah, well, because you have, like, a normal deck is 60 cards. You can have a maximum of four per deck of any copy card except for... Right, and you're, you can have li- literally half your deck be mana. Right. It's easier to deal with a third of your deck being mana, but... And then when you also have the other, third, the other half of your... Or the other third of your deck be copies of everything, you know, you, you also... For this, for this, for this, for this, for this. Two of this, maybe one of this. It's it's usually done in like play sets of two and four. Right. To keep it even. 
Yeah, because you start doing the odd number sets and shit comes out a little funky. Yeah, you end up having like 25 mana and like 35 cards. Yeah, some combination. Well, so, well, once again, basic build is 20, 20 lands and... Or 21 mana and like 39. 39. Yeah, it... But nobody likes to do those funny ratios either. I hate those. Fu- You're the only one that I know that does those fucked ratios. Listen, sometimes, cause I, I'm very much. I will play test a deck. I will literally play test play test a deck until I can get it down to a three turn win. At the very least, I've had turn one wins with some of the decks that I've played off of you. Yeah. Well, once again, that also depends on shuffle and everything else, you know. Right. The card's smiling on you that day. Right. And that's the thing that one of my uh, one of our other mutual friends. He runs the Twitch channel. He he doesn't quite grasp as yes he can have a turn one win condition, but you have to literally draw the perfect hand for it. Right. I mean, he can get himself up to like down to turn three, turn four win conditions, but. That 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 the the permutation of getting the perfect hand becomes an issue. Well, and a lot of things that I've noticed about playing his decks, playing against his decks, at least specific ones, is that a lot of them hinge around like one or two different combos. Me or him? Him. Oh yeah. I I, I like having that little bit of flexibility in there. Yeah, like his decks will hinge off of digging up cards for this combo. Right. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, there is nothing wrong with that playstyle. Everyone has their own strengths and weaknesses. Right, and he'll have, like, minor card combos. Right. But nothing that'll guarantee him a win condition. Yeah, I, I can't... But see, I'm not... I don't play Magic for tournament reasons, so I'm not, I'm not looking for a... No, you're looking for the, the stab in the ribs... Okay, so this is. So I'm gonna nerd out here for a second. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I know I seem to have been talking most of this fucking podcast. No, no, it's been relatively even. Um, I'm gonna nerd out here for a second. Remember how I said I wanted to start correlating shit that has no connection to one another? Yeah. Okay, so I've already mentioned that Warhammer 40k is going to be crossing over with Magic the Gathering. Right. In Warhammer 40k, there is a specific race called the Thrall. Yeah. Their whole thing, when it comes to fights, isn't how much damage we can cause, is how cinematic can we be. Imagine Avengers Endgame fight. The ultimate, you know, Thor, uh, you know, Captain America just picked up Thor's hammer, a crowd's going wild. That is what the Thrall are looking for. That is literally their whole existence for war. Is we're gonna win, we're gonna lose. I don't care. It's gonna be fucking epic. Okay, correlate that back now. To magic? Yeah. Okay. When I'm building a deck, I can get it down through to a three turn win condition. But my biggest goal is how big a boom can I make? How cinema if this was a fight, how, what would be the ultimate way to take him out? Listen, having one gun pointed at your face, no big deal. That shit gets happened all the time. 
But when you walk out into a battlefield and you look out and every single window of every single building has a red dot pointed at your forehead where it looks like your face is just one giant red dot, that's what I want. <laughs> okay, okay, I can understand that. I can I can get behind that that reasoning for building decks. I I I, I, I want to have fun with it. Like, don't get me wrong, winning is great. But if you had a shit match, listen, this is one of the biggest issues that I see a lot of new players have is they get disheartened because they're going up against people like myself who have been playing for years, or even myself as well who who's been playing off and on since he was seven. Right. I mean, I've been playing since I've been 10 years old. Right. I'm 30 now. I'm turning 31. That's 20 years of solid experience. Right. And uh, you've got five years on me. Right. But five years makes a big difference. Oh, yeah, it does. Definitely. That's five. And you've been playing Magic like that straight. Right. Uh, Like I mentioned, it's been off and on for me. I think the longest stretch of time that I've played Magic has been like a decade. Right. Before that, it was like a year here, six months there. I played for like two years when I first started. Right. And then my mom sold all, or somehow ended up not having all of her cards. I don't remember if she sold them. I don't remember if she lost them or gave them to her a family member, friend, etc. But... Like, you, you see my collection. I have a 20-year collection sitting in my closet right now. Right, right. But, um, the, what, what, like, I love seeing the big explosions, the big booms, because... Well, even then, even if you get man- mana-fucked, you can still just, like, stab me in the ribs before you die. Right. Well, the other thing is, is I want to make it so even if you lose it, because once again, you know, if you win, you had a great time winning. Yeah. And if you lose, you had a great time losing, because you... Right, I, it's it, it's kind of like watching an anime fight scene. Well, it's kind of like during our commander match. Yeah. Justin had me in a corner. I somehow I that don't get me wrong. I still fucking lost, but it wasn't as bad. Oh, he board wiped me except for one creature. Right, only because it survived with two health. If I could have found a way to take out that extra two health, that extra two toughness, I'd have been golden. I would have been, I, I would have survived. I, I might have won. Well, yeah, because the next turn would have got you the mana that you needed. Which would have started the avalanche going. Yeah, which would have completely been a turnaround, but I was able to wipe you just before that. Now, which I have a tendency to do is just manage to pull some bullshit... Oh, he'll, I'll get him down to, like, two health and a 60, and then, like, next turn he'll get exactly what he needs, and it'll be an absolute turnaround win with, like, two health left. And you're looking at me like, there's no way, and it's like, no, no, no. The math adds, you saw me draw the card. Right, and I'll sit there. Er, I, once he gets to that two health, I get to that manic point of, I can win this, I can win this. <laughs> then his turn hits, and... He starts playing shit, and I'll just... Okay, I'm, I'll scoop. I, I, I'll trust that you've won. No, but see, this is part of the... That's that's part of the reason why I say I don't like going for the three-turn win, the four-turn win, because right. a lot of people get that way. And oh, it's, it, the under, it's the underdog win. Yeah. And to stem back, this is why I don't play the mirrors. Yeah. My... I am also very... 
I'm rusty with my proliferate. I won't play the pro- the proliferate. I'll at least get a one game win in. Yeah, one out of ten, one out of twenty. Right, or like it's the first game that we play with the proliferate, but once we shuffle up and play again, yeah, that's where I just get spanked. It's a very temperamental deck. Yeah, I, a lot of my decks are that way. Well, that was my uh, that was my Rakdos deck too. Yeah, my Rakdos deck was really temperamental because like. I could score the turn three victory, or I could score the turn ten victory, or I lose. Yeah. It, it was, it, and it's that exact fucking formula. It's either I win turn three, I win turn ten, or I lose all outright. My. That that that's kind of like one. That's the one thing I did like about my proliferate deck. I've always made the joke, my life counter is not my life counter. It's a countdown timer. Yeah, yeah. You've got until my life counter goes down to zero before... <laughs> Listen, you ever catch a bad case of a... Uh... How NSF... How how explicit am I allowed to go again? Not... not... No STDs. Damn. <laughs> no <laughs> STDs. I don't want to have that conversation. No, I was just gonna say it's as as much as I hate to say it, it's like catching us a case of syphilis. Oh, I I knew you were going. I, I I knew you were going right to fucking syphilis. Dude, think about it. It's a slow rotting death. It's a slow burn. <laughs> it's a slow burn rotting death. Uh, give ooh. me give me a better disease that's better than that. An orc plague. No, orcs you can get rid of. No, you can't. Not unless you burn the whole planet. You can get rid of them. You can't. You oh. can't. You can't get rid of syphilis and expect to survive. You can't get rid of orcs and expect to survive. You can use orcs then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see your point. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see your point. You got me. The only difference is it is 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 it a viral infection or a fucking bacterial infection? No or fungal. is it a yeah, a, I was going to say fungal. I meant fungal. A bacterium or a fungal infection. Like shit. Are you catching spores or are you catching viruses? You're catching AIDS. No. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Ah. Uh, okay, so we listen. I know how we can get around that. I know how we can get around that. Just throw that sense of bar burp, over the words. Well, there's no point. Why? Because <laughs> I've already marked it as explicit. Right, but then that doesn't cross into the NSFW badge. Like I said, we'll just put it up and see what happens. I'm sorry, look. Listen, this is supposed to be our normal conversations, right? Yeah. Well? Well, to a certain extent, it's our normal conversation. You mean I have to censor the funny? No, no, it's not even censoring the funny, dude. You're like, you're putting a top hat on it. <laughs> You want to see what else I can put a top hat on? 
we could call it Alexander Clam Bell. <laughs> no, Richard Dixon. <laughs> I wish we were actually doing this at two in the morning so we had an excuse. Listen, I work night shifts. This is my two in the morning. Very true. Richard Dixon. <laughs> They're both named for Johnsons. <laughs> Land B. Johnson? <laughs> no. Titty D. Roosevelt? No? No, you don't like my president puns? Moving on. I forget what president, but one of them was called Big Hickory. <laughs> Another one was called Little Hickory. We've... I don't know anymore. <laughs> See, the original idea of me being on the podcast was for me to keep him on track. Now who's keeping who on track? Oh, okay. So, stemming back, that's how the proliferate deck functions. It's all on Infect. Yeah. No, no, no. No, that's token placement. Infect was a deck all on its own. Which I do have, but not very well. That one's temperamental, too. Yeah. That one relies on a lot of... Okay. Justin. Yeah. The crew deck. Oh, I hate that deck. No, not for the reason of it kicks my ass, but for the reason of you're reading a fucking... You're, you have to be a divorce lawyer to understand the crew deck. My mama always said I'd be a good liar, I mean lawyer. <laughs> but the point stands is that, like, it's like reading the terms of, <sighs> terms of service on, a, on an MMO. You read through all of the legal jargon and it hurts after a while. What part of my decks aren't like that? Quite a few. Listen, there's a couple decks where I'm either going to wreck your shit physically or I'm going to wreck your shit mentally. Well, yeah, but the crew deck is the worst of that. That's going to... I'm going to wreck you, period. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to not want to play Magic for the rest of the day playing this deck. It's usually the deck... When we sit down and we decide we're going to burn 12 hours playing MTG... We usually end the 12th hour on the the crew deck to make sure that we don't want to play again if for we're a burnt, while. we're burnt. Yeah. <laughs> if we're burnt, we're burnt. We're burnt rubber. Yeah. Call me a good... Call me a tire made of condoms because that's going to be a good year. God damn. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you need a nap. <laughs> no. I need to go to work. No, not really, no. No, nobody wants to go to work. <coughs> but no, the crew deck is usually what we end on because of all of the stipulations that come with you actually getting more than two cards out on the field. Yeah. Because then, next thing you know, it's like, I have eight cards on the field, but I only have one crew member jumping between ships. Right, and my red-blue my red blue control, my, a monstrous control, was about the same situation. You remember my monstrous deck? 
Yeah, I do. You want to talk about old hickory? <laughs> you get in the wood on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, monstrous. If you can play the card and it's already like a four four, but you can ta- you can tap X amount of mana. It's generally two plus the mana count. Yeah, two plus the mana count of the card, and ta- and uh, that gives the ca- that makes the card monstrous, which which gives you an extra like plus five plus five on top of that four four or something or. You can have a seven seven and add six to to have a thirteen thirteen on the uh, field with a with trample. Yeah, I was gonna say it's a lot like imagine having Godzilla just digivolve on your ass. Right, exactly. And trample, okay, w- trample. When you calculate battle damage for attacking monsters versus blocking monsters, whatever the remainder is after damage calculation, you still take to the dome. Dude, so I, a thirteen thirteen. Sorry to cut you no, off. No, you're good. So a thirteen thirteen being blocked by a five five, you're still getting like nine eight eight damage. Yeah, eight damage to direct to your health. So that 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 gets bad. Listen, I'm not a big fan of trample. I've literally seen a buddy of mine turn a one one elf into a forty forty trampler with death touch life link. And, um, fucking, uh, double strike. And vigilance. Oh, yeah. No, it's never, I've never seen that, but I've, I've seen combos. That's, that's an Eldrazi effect. Nope. No? That was... Elves. Elves. Land yeah, no, no, no. He turned a fucking yeah, land I know, war no, no. elf. I know what he turned, I know what he used, what he used to get all that shit, what ended up with all that shit, but that seems like an Eldrazi transfer. No, it's straight up. Oh, 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 it was an Eldrazi block set. Now, you one, see what I mean, though. So, here's one thing I do like about Magic. There are a couple things I'm not a big fan of about Magic. Mainly is, uh, after a while, certain terms become so used. Like, oh, okay, I'm an older... Once again, here's the downside. <coughs> Sorry. Here's the downside of being a 20-year player. Yeah. Okay? Menace. Mm-hmm. Most people nowadays know what menace means. Yeah. Needs to be blocked with two or more creatures. Right. So, before menace, there used to be something called fear. Okay. Um, fear used to be, could only be blocked by um, creatures that share... Or, uh, creatures that are black only. Okay, so it's like Ring of Protection. Yeah, so like <coughs> it's gone through di- diff- through different mutations. Mm-hmm. So there are certain terms because I don't. Just because I play Magic consistently for twenty years doesn't mean <coughs> I stay current with all the blocks. Well, it's kind of like. Um... <coughs> Like treasure tokens, what the a treasure they, token? Those tap for mana, but see, they put tr- do this effect, gain so many treasure tokens. Yeah, I've like I said, I don't. There's a there's a lot of blocks I haven't kept current with. Right. And so I don't know what a treasure is, but yeah. nowhere on the card does it say. No, no. Actually, the funny thing is, is 
it fucking pops up on the token card. Otherwise, you have to look it up. Okay? It pops up on the token card. Otherwise, you have to look it up on Google. Sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana of any color. Is what a treasure token does. But nowhere else in these cards are you going to find that effect. See, do you realize... Oh, and on the back, you've got servo tokens. I didn't know that. Yeah, all on the back are double-sided. Oh, that's cool. So, on the back of my rat, rats, I had zombie co yeah. creature tokens that I could have used. What the hell? Yeah. They, they... Oh, and then on the back of the treasure is the, the thopters and your servos. Okay, because you're using a mech card. A mech yeah. Deck. Okay, see, I never knew what a treasure card was. So, there's a couple cards that I don't play because... Once again, being an older player, not knowing some of the newer terms that have come out. Right, like you've got the Pestilence card. Right, what the fuck is Pestilence? Okay, Pestilence is an actual card. It was okay. way back in... I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to hazard a guess at like re Revision 5. Okay. 5th edition or what have you. If you tell me the effect, I can probably tell you what, uh, if I've seen uh, it. Sacrifice this card, bury, ta bury target Okay, creature. yeah, that, that's an old term for send to the graveyard yeah you see my point though is like anybody who's like a new player who stretches back to old sets is gonna look at the word bury and go what the fuck yeah no see for me that's normal i like <clears throat> once again I, I i i i find current certain blocks more interesting than others like i was a i was a big fan of the ravnica block i enjoyed kamigawa Kamigawa was one of my favorites. Champ, I actually still have a buddy of mine gave me an Ogre Demon deck. Yeah, Part yeah. of the reason why I still keep it is one, it's Champions of Kamigawa, and two, it's sentimental reasons. I've that was that was my first deck that was mine. That was like, yeah, it was secondhand, but it was mine. Right, kind of like, uh, well, not kind of like. Okay, <clears throat> you went out and bought. Dual decks the other day. Yeah. One is mine, one is yours. We do not mess with those decks. Yeah, that the way they came in the box is the way they come out of the box. They stay in the box. Yeah, and they're always paired. Right. So, we cannot adjust these decks whatsoever. That is the rule. That's what. And we usually try to buy the dual decks from like every major block. Right. Now, granted, I lost I lost all of my cards moving back up here from uh, South Carolina. Therefore, we have to start over. Uh, I can always find some of the older sets. That would be nice. Which is the only shitty part about you losing those cards? Oh, uh, a good sixty percent of them are sentimental. I was gonna say I still have the fucking other half to the Challenger decks. You see my point, though. Yeah. It's like. Uh, the, 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 the starter sets. Yeah. But either way, it's like you have the other half to all of my starter sets and they're all now in, in oblivion in South Carolina. God knows that they didn't keep them in that motel room. That, that, that deck's still not getting fucked with. Yeah. Any, I, I don't blame you. Any, any, uh, I've pretty much written off everything that I left in that motel in South Carolina. We can always look up the challenger, uh, the, the dual decks online and build them we could yeah that could work out i mean it won't it'll be sentimental for different reasons right but 
But still, it'll be more sentimental that we built it together after having to like find all the cards for it. Cause right, and here's a recommendation. If you're going to get into Magic the Gathering, pick a friend and grab one of those little two-deck starter sets. Pick a friend whose life you don't mind ruining. Right. It's cardboard crack for a reason. I mean, anyway, um, <laughs> if you plan on getting in, into MTG, you pick a friend and you go get yourself a starter set. One friend and you don't adjust them. You've got sentimental value. You're starting You're starting a really fun hobby yep. with, I would assume, somebody you're really fucking close to. And right, at least when we picked up this set, they're really fucking cheap. Oh, yeah. I'm talking... Target has them for seven bucks. At, at least at the time of recording. Like, we walked in there, I saw booster packs for four sixty nine, and I look over and I see the dual deck for seven bucks. I'm like, there's no way in hell that's fucking right. Turns out we get up to checkout. Turns out when he scans the barcode, yeah. Seven bucks. It was seven bucks. So it's like... I mean, seven bucks for a start? That's not bad. When commander decks are 40 and 50 bucks a pop. Oh, dude. No, okay. So standard commander decks mm -hmm. are thirty. Mm -hmm. The ones with the big cards are fifty. Yeah, exactly. So like, I have one of those. I want to get one. Uh, hold, okay, Justin, keep talking. I'll be right back. But yeah, starting getting a starter set is a really good way to get into it. And then after you get, after you get your starter set, I would pick a block like twenty twenty two core. Core, uh, core set and get a fat pack and a deck builder's toolkit of like you know MTG 2021 that way you have stuff to supplement and and build more decks and this that and the third when so, you start building your own decks is when it gets real fun yeah building I, I thoroughly enjoy building my own decks but and then you start buying the 25 card boosters or the uh, the 50 that's cool that is definitely something you put up on your wall. I think this is a dragon deck. I haven't really gotten to play with it. Two weeks? Sure. Okay. But I want to try the Prismatic Prism again. Yeah. Well, then two weeks we'll do Prismatic Prism, see if it shuffles up a little nicer. Yeah. And then we'll, about a month we'll do the uh, Jarena Kudra. Yeah, we'll figure some. But I think that's a dragon deck. Um, That's a Nikora. I think you're right. I think it is a dragon type deck. No, we'll, we'll 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 have to peek. You'll have to peek through it. Yeah. But either way, um, like I was saying, start with getting the uh, the dual decks, then move on to get a to get a uh, the the deck builders toolkit is always set at like twenty bucks. And the the great thing about that is is with the deck builders toolkit. It does come with deck listings for like six or five basic decks, one of each color combination. Like they'll have like a red and black, blue, you know, red. They have color combinations that red, you Red, black, can red, white. You know, red paired with all the other four colors. Black paired with the other four colors. Well, not exactly like that. With the deck builder's toolkit, it's more of um. The, this the, is what's popular? Yeah, like, this is a popular red and black deck that you can build out of this. This is a popular blue and white deck that you can build out of this. This is a popular red and green deck. Or the popular sets that are out at the time. Yeah, and then they give you, like, four boosters from, like, four different sets. Yeah. 
So and then eighty lands. It, it makes it really easy for no, you to a hundred lands. Yeah. Sorry. It makes it real easy for you to create a, a basic structure deck and then adjustments as needed for a really cheap price. Instead of paying twenty bucks for a single deck and two booster packs, you're paying twenty bucks for the possibility of you know different combinations of up to like twelve decks. Right, and then like the next logical step would be to get yourself a fat pack, which is ten boosters and sixty lands. Yep. And then after that, a cube, which is just a, a sixty card random. Yeah. Uh, well, not always. It comes with some come with decks. Um, a lot of them will come either pre-built decks, and a two boosters, two boosters. Yeah. Well. I've seen I've bought them before and they've came they come in a nice <clears throat> plastic cube yep. with a 60 card deck built and two booster packs. No. Some come with a sideboard. Yeah. Which is like 15 extra card or 14 15 extra cards? I was right. Okay. Yeah. 15 extra cards for you to swap out with between your other matches. Cards. Yeah. Th that's that's your Okay, you know how in sports you have your substitutes for your teammates? That yeah, you your second stringers. That's your second string. Yeah. That's what your sideboard is, is your second string. But, and then that's that's for you to, like, to start messing with other decks. Right. After you've got your starter set and then you've got your build decks, you can start experimenting with, like, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh! structure decks. Yeah. that That's actually a lot of what, like, the, 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 the starter decks are, or the structure yeah, yeah. decks. Well, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! starter decks and Magic starter decks are about the same. They give you base one color, real easy combo throws. Well, not depending on what's popular, you know, like Ravnica, like the. Um, well, Ravnica gave you a dual color, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's depending on the set. It, yeah, know, yeah. I, I'm using Ravnica because that's my most, like, recent, like. Yeah, yeah. Your most recent set purchase. Right. But. You usually get whatever's easiest yeah. from that set. They, they, they'll give you the basic, like... Which is why you end up with, like, a Rakdos and an Orzov. Right. In a pairing. Because they give you just the basic... These cards work good together. We'll give you a couple cards, so if you want to go this way with it, or if you want to go that way with it, you have a basic starter to go... You'll get a box, and then... You used to get two dice with the starter set for life counters. Yeah, and I... They don't do that anymore, unfortunately. Um, Rack, okay, Rack, we'll explain Rakdos and Orzov. I, I'm better with this, but yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll manage with Orzov. Yeah. So Rakdos is red and black, all yeah. burn. Yep. All burn and, uh, get rid of cards. Now, just keep in mind, being Burn is straight damage. I was gonna say, being straight burn, the only downside with Rakdos is they were very much a dual-edged sword. They were dealing damage to you just as often as they were dealing damage to your opponent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for the most part. But the starter set didn't really do that whole do damage to yourself shit either, though. Because they didn't expect you to start doing the whole sacrificing thing, you know? Right, right. And it was really easy to just burn through your hand in four turns. Yeah. To start so, top decking. Yeah, you'll end up like pulling randomly off the top of the deck by like turn five just to be able to play something. And yep. you hope to God it's not a land because your opponent's got like four HP left and you know like one lightning bolt will do them in for that last four. Thunderstrike. No, yeah, the lightning bolt. Yeah, it's you, lightning bolt. Lightning bolt deals three. Yeah, lightning bolt deals three. You get my point though. Yeah. 
Uh, I was thinking of like Lava Axe. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lava Axe will deal your last four damage, and you've got plenty of mana. Rakdos was pretty good about giving you plenty of fucking mana to work but with. But no fucking cards. Yeah, dual uh, dual lands were great for that too. But anyway, and Orzov is yes, please. Orzov was black and blue or black, black and white? white? Black white. They were the extortionists, the bankers. You uh, you want to pay that? It's gonna cost you a life. Right. You uh, but on the uh, on the starter side of it, you always got characters with the actual extort cost. Right. So you play. <clears throat> You, Orzov is a group play deck. More than three people. Yeah. The longer they let you sit there and play cards... The, the worse it gets. Yeah, you could have ten cards out with extort cost. And extort is tap one to deal one damage to target player and you gain a life. You, you ever deal with credit card debt? That's yeah. how it works. Yeah. So, like, you have ten creatures out with all of that. You're, at, you're dealing ten damage and gaining ten life every turn. Two turns, that's game. If somebody uh, underestimates your strength as a player, or don't really know what Orzov does, yeah, it's like I accidentally left my deck, uh, my Orzov deck, over at my uh, my brother's house, and it was sleeved and everything, but it ended up washed in the washer. Yeah, it was a dis- it was disappointing. It was after I sat there and straight kicked his ass for like three hours. Yeah, it wasn't a mistake. I'm sorry. Look, you know who you are. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I don't think it was a mistake. I mean, I left it in his laundry basket, to be fair. Uh, listen, do you chuck your laundry before you throw it in the washer? Okay, well, then maybe that... Okay, then... I always check the pockets. So. Yeah, I don't I don't really check whatever I throw in the washer. That's why I end up with, like, 50 bucks in the dryer. Yeah, no, see, I throw, I, I check everything. That's, that's definitely an exaggeration. It usually ends up being like five bucks and like... Yeah, a couple bucks and change or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, but it'll rattle around in the in the dryer and I'll go, what the hell, am I breaking it? See, but anyway, it got washed partly because I wasn't, nobody was paying attention. Right. But anyway, that deck was very mean in group play for that reason. But... That's how starter decks will function, is they will give you just badass combos to start with. Yeah. And, personally, I'm an is-it player. I... Okay, remember how I said before I like making things go boom? Well, he made me go boom for it was like 327 health. Yeah. Was, uh, was that Cranko? No, no, no. No, I didn't run Cranko in that one. I was running straight... um. Epic Experiment. So Epic Experiment, Dynacharge, and Teleportal. Yep, with um Okay, so Teleportal gives plus one it is a three mana cost for plus one, plus zero, and unblockable until end of turn with an overload cost of four mana which turns overload gives all cre it replace all instances of target creature to all creatures. Yeah, so like, target creature gets plus two, plus zero, all creatures get plus two, plus zero. So, I have four Dino Charges, three Teleportals, uh, two gutter, or four Gutter Snipes, which each Gutter Snipe, every time you play an instant in a sorcery, deals two damage per instant in a sorcery, and a... Fuck. 
It was um, Goblin Electromancer yes. gives them get, makes all colorless costs down one, and I have four of those. I've literally and there's another one. Each time I play an instant or a sorcery, it deals two damage to target creature or player. You also generated a metric fuck ton of gar- goblin creature tokens. To- yeah, tokens. That was that was a very. When I created this is it deck, um, Return to Ravnica was out, so I had to contend with Selesnya. I had to ten- contend with Golgari, which were very big token mobs. Yeah. Selesnya's yeah. Selesnya's thing was like create a token for each token you already have so each creature token so you double tokens and maybe triple and quadruple no every turn oh and all of a sudden it's like when this creature comes out play this put this creature propagate it was like my proliferate deck but for creatures oh propagate came out okay i know what propagate is ah For each token that. you already have out, add another fucking creature token of the same type on the battlefield. Yeah, you, so so you pretty much had to write a program with your cards that allowed you to propagate without propagating. And it was they, they I was going against bullshit where it's like, listen, is it is a lot of goblins, a lot of goblins. Goblins are not very strong. They're one ones, and I'm going up against fucking mammoths that are fucking twenty six twenty six tramplers. Oh yeah, you one goblin by itself is not gonna do anything, but like thirty goblins on one. So I had to seriously beef up my token production, where I was going. Well, he produced the one day like a hundred and twenty tokens throughout the length of the match. Oh, my mirrors! I've. Oh, anyways, we're not. Anyways, the is it is very much experimental, very much. They're tinkerers. They're gnomes. Yes, but they're, they're well. Actually, there's a lot of goblins. You get my point. Yeah, though. they're tinkerers. They're they're scientists. They're your. This goes back to my thrill thing. I I, I want to see how flashy I can make it. And yeah, yeah. That was my big one. Was epic experiment, which was literally pay X and two mana and any exile the top X cards of your library. And any cards with converted mana cost X or lower, any instant or sorceries, play for free. Yeah. When you have a, I had a card like that sitting in my, uh, in my uh, Forgotten Realms deck. Yeah. I so, only got to exile one card, but I well, played it for free because it was mana cost less than the mana cost of the card instead of less than X. Right, and it's not just it, X, X. X is the amount of mana that you play pay to play the card. Extra. Yeah. Now. Here was one of the wonderful things because of the way I had that deck structured out. Play an epic experiment. Wait for all my Dino Charges and my Teleportals to come up, and because I don't have to pay the additional colorless mana from my Gutter Snipes, and I don't have to pay the mana at all because it falls under the combination cost of my epic experiment. There's four epic. Ex- there's four Dino Charges, two Teleportals, and a couple token propagations for free yeah I, i've experienced this <laughs> now you have oh and by the way it gives them all haste which is what the dino charge does yeah so if any of them have sun uh summoning sickness they don't have summoning sickness now you're looking at it now we have to explain summoning sickness so when you play a creature on your turn it cannot attack until its next turn it no it cannot tap or it cannot tap So no tap effects. 
no attacking, no tap, tap this land. and tap X to gain one land, no tap to gain a land, no tap for this, no tapping at all. Now, if it does have an ability that causes mana to tap without tapping said creature, even if it has summoning sickness, it can still be used. Right, or if it has an effect that says when it enters the battlefield. But that is specifically... Okay, with magic... It's it, it's very much reading the terms of service. We we have a joke between us, because I, I, I love you, bud. I do. There's only one issue I've ever had. RTFC. Read the fucking card. Okay, so make that two issues. <laughs> I have two issues. RTFC. Read the card. I actually have sleeves that say that on the back of that specific... On your monstrous deck, to be exact. Yeah. And, actually, that's how I reckon... I went and bought you those sleeves, I know this. I know, for the same fucking reason. (laughs) And second off, as much as I hate to say this, bud, I love you. You get a little dejected when you start losing. I get... I get you not want... I, I, I get it, you know, no one likes losing. Oh, no, I just... I lose all brain function. And, and, and it's like, dude, I, I shit you not... I'm looking at his hand, and I shit you not, I'm, there have been times, like, dude, if you would have just, like, pushed one more turn. Or, like, there's, like, five win conditions sitting in my hand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, if you would have pushed one more turn. Well, that was early on when I was, when we started playing Magic 2, like, after the, uh, the, that three-year stretch of, okay, of, like, training me back up. Yeah. Like, the first month of play with your hand open. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good way to start too. Is if you and if you're playing with somebody experienced, they'll probably have you play with your hand open, I, laid out on the table. I'm very much. I play open hand when I'm trained. Well, okay, so I. To see I the brought comments. Justin up, playing Magic. What I mean by I brought him up is for the rest of the way. Yeah, it, he already had a basic understanding of the game. He knew how to play it. I kind of... It's just nobody sat down and taught me how to string combos. Right. I actually gave him the practice. The, the, you know. Well, I was coming from Yu-Gi-Oh! too. Right. So when I started Magic, I had, started, I had come from Yu-Gi-Oh! where it's just not many combos. It's usually single cards, single effects. Yeah. Don't really play in conjunction with other cards. Uh, have you seen the new decks? I'm not talking new decks. When I started playing Magic, I had started with like very no. basic Yu-Gi-Oh. No, I'm talking Yu-Gi-Oh. Have you seen the new Yu-Gi-Oh decks? No. Dude, I had one where it was literally like... It was a dragon deck. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, you can only play this dragon if it was sent from the graveyard by from your hand. Well, that, um, that's, uh, fresh, that's fresh fishing cards, too. This card can only be normal summoned from the graveyard by sacrifice when a creature from your hand has been sent to the graveyard directly by a card effect. When this card goes into the graveyard, you can pull a dragon that has this many stars between this much and this much, except for the card this name, onto the, from the graveyard to the battlefield. If it's pulled onto the battlefield from the graveyard, pull this card from your deck onto the battlefield. If this card's... 
If this card's in your if this card was pulled from your battle uh, from your deck to the battlefield, draw this card from your graveyard. If this card was in your graveyard, yeah, yeah, that's it's filling out your it's filling out your your spell and ma uh, attack zones. Yeah, spell but, and monster zones. But it's like straight divorce lawyer divorce lawyer shit. Now. Dude, it's a fucking avalanche. I mean, I I look, I get I use the term avalanche a little bit of like just shit rolling down on you. Well, that's shit rolling downhill. But like, when one person's turn takes 15 minutes. Right, but what I'm saying is when I switched over from Ma right. uh, Yu-Gi-Oh to Magic, the, the biggest effects that you had were usually rituals or ritual monsters. Yeah, when I let... Because I... A lot of the basic... Oh, males here. Uh, a lot of the basic monsters just had like one line... Yeah. ...effect text. I just started... Like, when I got out of Yu-Gi-Oh, they just started doing... Um, Synchro XYZ, or uh, was it uh, before that? Before that. Okay, they were doing. Uh, was it the E Hero series? Five uh, Ds. Five Ds. No, that was that was after E Hero. I checked out of Yu Gi Oh and no. started E Hero Elemental Heroes. Yeah, Elemental Heroes. Yeah, that's about when I checked out of Life Two. Yeah, that's when I checked out of Yu Gi Oh because. Like, it just started getting too much. Oh, your Digimon needs an activity. Oh, yeah, he needs cleaned. Yeah. So we got Digivices that kind of function like Tamagotchi. Yeah. They get a little annoying. <laughs> yeah, he left a big pile of shit. <laughs> he had three piles going. I'd hate to see the state of my, my, my Digimon right now. I left him at home. But, yeah... The next logical step to build your collection would be to go on to Am stemming back to challenger decks. I was going to say just to fill out a collection go on Amazon and buy a $20 lot box. Oh, that works. Oh, to fill out a collection? Yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Uh challenger decks are a different story. That's still I'm going to experiment with what Wizards of the Coast is handing me combo-wise. I actually like my I've actually made it a goal for myself when it comes to challenge decks now. Mm -hmm. Is I will only play challenge decks. Oh, okay. Because if you're playing 60s, you're only playing challenge. Only for the simple matter of the fact it's like when I build decks, no one wants to play with me. So. Well, I'll still play your built decks. I just know I'm going to lose. <laughs> but this way, I. I'm not trying to sound. Um, pretentious. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, the word. I'm not trying to sound pretentious. I'm not trying to sound fucking superior or anything like that. But it seems to me the only way I can get people to have what they feel is a fair match is if you play a deck blind. Yeah. Well, the other uh, thing is like you have like some sort of basis in the world of software development too. So. I I mean a little bit. Uh, balancing the scales really does help when you're building a uh, when you're building a magic deck. If this effect happens, this effect triggers. Right, and it, it seems to me like uh, magic decks end up being one massive if-then statement. Yeah, like it's been said that MTG is like the perfect computer. Yes, yeah, it really is. 
like lots of loop statements, lots lots of if then statements, array statements, reoccurring statements. Yeah, the whole nine. Like your array statements. That's all those uh, tap the uh, play this card to go get this planeswalker or land. Right. That's but. that's very bad. But yeah, no, it's like it, for me, it seems to me it's like the only way I seem to get even. And once again, I'm not trying to sound pretentious, but it seems that for me to get any enjoyment out of it, I have to play blind or else it's lopsided. Because I, I... Unbalanced is a little bit... Because you've seen it. I, I, I look at a card a couple times and I can, tell you the, I can tell you the exact text that's on the card. Like I said, I need to see it a couple times. Right, well, you also, you've also had those decks for years, though. Well, even looking at yours, and, I, and there's a couple I got right, and I only saw them for a couple minutes. Oh, right, right. Okay, we're talking this this, this kind of, okay. No, but just in general, it's like playing the Challenger decks. It's like, I'm starting to get to the point now, it's like, I buy Challenger decks just because I need something new that I don't know all the effects on. Right. He's pretty much searching for, like, the ability to lose. Yeah, and once again, I'm not trying to, like... But he also doesn't play tournaments because he doesn't want to sit there and like keep track of legal rules. Because, okay, stemming back to teaching Justin how to play. Mm-hmm. When I taught Justin how to play, he played a lot of house rules, which isn't bad, but I've always been the type of person, look. When you know tournament, you can play house. Right, because then you don't have all these bad habits or anything else. If you... Right, it's like I spent a lot of time forgetting how, forgetting to to untap my land at the beginning of my turn. And now it's second nature. And once again, when you're a beginner... Okay, so... Hold on one second. Let me rewind for a second. Okay. Justin had the, bat, had the basis of how to play the game. Right. He was good at it, but just needed work. Rough around the edges. You need yes. to polish. Yes. Very very much so. When I try and teach people, like Justin said, I'm very... I'll start open hand for the simple fact it's like... And I'm very much the type of person, if I see in your, in your hand a way for you to beat me, I'll show you exactly how to play the, these cards and what combo. Right. It's like when I had started learning how to play, I had gotten the here is turn progression, here is how you read the effects. Right. The rest of the the, the, the the combo placement I had to learn from the bean. Right. I'm very much... I'll show you. Like, you can win this. You know that, right? And he's looking at me like, how? There, this card does this, this card does this, and this card does this. Right. But if you do this, then you play this, and then you do this, and play this... There's your combo string. Th- there's your win condition. And look, you just won. Look at that. Uh, it's kind of like sitting down and playing, uh, and playing like shogi or go problems. Right. What stone can I place on this go board to make life? Right. What stone can I place on this board to uh, to to capture the entire board? Right. What shogi piece am I going to play to capture the king? Or the Shogun, or I, I'm not familiar on Shogi rules, but it's it's relatively similar. What piece do I play to make checkmate? Right. Which is part of the reason, like I said, I've come out from those underdog wins where Justin's like, yes, he's two life, I've got this in the bag, and I'm just like, 
And here you go, because I waited my turn, because I waited a little bit. And and I've and vice versa, I've done the same thing. It has. I've I've sat here. I'm like, I've got this win in the bag. There, he ain't got shit on me. Next thing I know, I'm looking at like, I'm that guy holding his hands in the air, like, I guess I go die. I'll go fuck myself. Then. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm that old guy because it's like, oh, 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 what? So we're going to make a two-hour podcast. We might actually have... Uh, honestly, I was kind of enjoying this. Yeah. Fun. I was going to say, we might have to pause here in a bit because Maggie gets home at... Or she gets off at around one. We can do a second episode. Yeah, I'm down. I just got to drop off shit tickets. Yeah, that that actually worked pretty well because, like I said, Maggie's got to come home from work and shit. That means... Okay, she gets off at one, which means I need we need to actually cut out so I can move my car. Yeah. Right about now. That or... You know what? I'll talk to Angel. I do have to do laundry today. Gotcha. But moving on. Um, So this is probably where we're going to cut out the podcast. Sorry. You know, we were... For an intro podcast, we were expecting, you know... A half hour, 45 minutes. And, well, our tangential conversations. uh, we, We ended up... We ended up talking a lot, so... I mean, thank you guys very much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the first podcast. It's marked explicit for a reason. Yeah, sorry guys. I, I mean, not sorry, but sorry. And keep in mind, I'll leave, you, I'll leave you guys with this little piece. A jack of all games, but a master of none is better than a master of one. Yep. Take care. Have a good night, you guys.